This episode is brought to you by Graybar. Graybar is a trusted and leading North American distributor of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products that supports projects of any industry. Construction, hospitals, industrial plants, schooling, and more. Yep, Graybar does that. Graybar operates with one clear mission, to serve as the vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. But here's what makes them different from the competition. Being able to effectively navigate supply chains to get products on-site and on-time is crucial these days. And Graybar's nationwide logistics network, with over 290 locations across the country, assists owners and professionals build and maintain the operations in their electrical, communications, and industrial world by providing them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. Yep, Graybar does that. To view more information on their services, head to graybar.com. That's G-R-A-Y-B-A-R dot com. Yep, Graybar does that. This episode is brought to you by Modern Mammals at ModernMammals.com, where you get 10% off when you use the code GOLFSMARTER. Now, if you were to ask me what my greatest asset was, you may be surprised that I wouldn't take more than a blink of an eye to tell you that it was my hair. Every barber I've had in my life raves about my hair, and even today, I get jealous comments because I still have a full head of healthy hair. Well, that's why I'm so happy that we have Modern Mammals showing their support for the Golf Smarter community. Modern Mammals' goal is to keep your hair and head natural. That means they don't distort your pH balance and natural oils like normal shampoos would. And unlike shampoos, the products from Modern Mammals don't have harsh detergents that suds up and dry out your hair and head. And unlike conditioners, they don't leave your hair limp and frizzy. Instead, they lightly clean your hair and scalp, cleansing hair while protecting its strength and texture. And their products are designed to make your hair feel thicker. So go to ModernMammals.com and use the code GOLFSMARTER. It's one word, GOLFSMARTER, for 10% off. That's ModernMammals.com. And use that GOLFSMARTER checkout code for 10% so they know that we sent you. And there's a link in our show notes to go directly to the Golf Smarter landing page. ModernMammals.com. Golf Smarter number 617 is brought to you by Flavier. Close to a million spirits enthusiasts already trust their selections, so why not you? Go to flavier.com slash exclusive and use the coupon code GOLFSMARTER and then learn about and enjoy fine spirits from the experts at your own home. Now, this episode is from our archives that was originally a members-only episode published in October 2010. So my guess is that only a handful of current Golf Smarter listeners have heard it. So as a holiday gift from me to you, here's episode number 254 featuring Tony Manzoni. The Single Pivot Swing in Detail with Tony Manzoni. This is Golf Smarter. Sharing tips and insights from golfers and golf professionals to help lower your score. It's worked for your host, Fred Green. Welcome and thanks for downloading the Golf Smarter Podcast. Hope your days are going well and that you're rooting for the Giants. 
Okay, you can root for the Rangers. I'm rooting for both of them. Of course I want to see the Giants win, but oh, I'm so excited about this World Series. Anyway, a few episodes ago, we had a conversation with Tony Manzoni, who claimed to have unearthed the secret to Ben Hogan's golf swing. Tony calls it the Single Pivot Swing, and he'll soon be opening the Single Pivot Academy down in Palm Desert, California, where he coaches and teaches at College of the Desert. Well, after that podcast, not only did Tony get a number of calls requesting a coaching session, I received many emails wanting more in-depth information. So I called him, and luckily we caught Tony before he left the country for meetings in China, and he was more than willing to discuss his theories in detail. Welcome back to the Golf Smarter Podcast, Tony. Hey, how are you t- today? Uh, I'm doing well, and I'm so glad that we, we caught you. I understand you're going to be leaving the country any minute, right? Yeah, I'm going to China uh, and meet with some government officials about doing um, uh, some golf courses there and also creating some golf schools um, and kind of tied into what we're doing with Golf Illustrated here at uh, College of the Desert. Wow, that's very exciting. It is, and it's my first trip to Asia, and I'm so excited about going to China because right now I think that's a hot spot for all the golf activity in the world. Uh, well, one of my, business activity, yeah, what, not just golf. Yeah. Oh, yeah, everything, everything. And golf is, a, is kind of the criteria for, for people that are working in, in various industries to do business. Uh, I, in my golf management program, I get a lot of uh, boys from uh, Korea and China that have been sent here by employers so that they get a, a, some form of knowledge about the management of golf courses and then also a little bit about teaching, but primarily to get their skills up so that they can play golf and do business on the golf course. Very interesting. Well, and part of your College of the Desert program is golf management, correct? That's correct. Yes, that's correct. Very, very good. Um, we wanted to talk about your single pivot swing. And um, I got to ask you a couple questions about it, and you were kind of vague about it, which was okay. But I was inundated with emails and phone calls from listeners uh, around the world uh, saying, wait a minute, I want more. You teased this as Ben Hogan's secret, and you really didn't even talk about it. So it's not much that I would call someone back and say, hey, can you do a second episode You know, in a couple of weeks? Usually we'll do long interview and cut it into two, but this time we had to call you back and, and get you to talk more about the single pivot swing. I hope you can. Well, I can do that. I can do that for you because uh, it's, it's really a passion of mine. And um, I think we've kind of got a groundswell uh, moving right now with this thing. Uh, uh, when I, when I came up with the method through years of research and especially watching Ben Hogan, um, I wasn't sure myself because when you're thinking a little bit out of the box as an instructor, there's always a question, well, you know, have I flipped my wig here or have I really found something? And it, and it took a while for me to, to realize that this is valid. This is what uh, Hogan did uh, because there's been a lot of people saying they knew what he did. And I think this is an aspect to it. I'm not sure it's everything he did, but I know that I know that in watching the, some of the film that I have of him, especially in his later years, uh, this is exactly what he did. Wow. All right. Well, and one of the comments that I received was, I can't believe he doesn't have a website, not even a simple one. So you need to explain this, and it's like. What? Well, we we uh, I'm I'm finishing a book uh, with a gentleman by the name of Paul Cervantes, who's a very very fine co-writer, uh, and I speak in a certain way, so he's tried to keep that flavor in the book uh, without editing me out of it. Um, 
And, and so um, Paul does have a website that he's building at this present time, and we will have a lot of information. And then Golf Illustrated, because I'm working with them with the Single Pivot Golf School, um, they have a, the Golf Illustrated has just gone online, and they have a pretty large website. And we're going to be doing kind of golf vignettes that we'll be putting on there. Myself, Al Geiberger, uh, Mike Lyons, and, and uh, Brian Geiberger. That's the, the foursome of us. And also a young lady by the name of Karen Gottwald, who's our, our female instructor, uh, about the sev- single pivot, how you have to set up to it. Because setup is really important in making this happen. What we're eliminating in the single pivot golf swing is we're eliminating the lateral move, the shift from the right leg to the left leg. And it's not an invention. It, 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 there have been many great players that played off the left side, but no one has ever really explained it in detail how you do it and what are what are the functions and so forth so that's what that's what my role has come uh, has happened is that i've i've watched this uh, and I, of course i give lessons to a lot of people especially elderly people and not that this doesn't work for young people because my golf team are all you know they all kill the ball and they're all playing off of one axis but i saw that older people people that always said i can't get over to the left side i can't finish the swing anymore. I can't get any distance. Uh, I've increased their distance uh, just two to three clubs uh, by just putting them in the right position, by setting them to the ball correctly and then keeping them there throughout the motion so that there's not a lot of weight on the right side so they can clear their left side. They can turn their chest left of the target and get the right shoulder pointing at the target. And 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 while they do that, the left arm stays connected high on the chest. Uh, and, and that's the secret of this. It's, it's playing off of one axis. Now, we're not tilting the shoulders, so this is not stacking tilt and i and i don't mean to infer that what they do is wrong i i don't like to get into those things but you can't hurt your back doing this uh when you're tilting your shoulders especially on the through swing you're going to end up in what we used to call a c position and there's a little bit of strain on the lower back and all the people that played from that era that finished with the head back and the body kind of in a c position yeah they all uh they all they were troubled with their back in later years and and hogan uh, if you see any pictures of him he posted up so that he was on a straight line because he didn't work that way he didn't work down and under to hit the golf ball when you do that you have to turn your arms over there's there's two ways to square the golf club you can turn your arms over and hit it or you can rotate your body and keep your arm connected to your body like it's a lever connected to a gear so when you set up to the golf ball the first thing you're going to do is you're going to set up 60 40 60 percent of your weight on the on your left foot and 40% on your right. And and why you're doing that is because you're aligning your left hip to the outside of your left foot. And that's impact. And when we hit the golf ball, whether we sway off the ball and come back to it, that's where we're going to end up. But with this concept, we're going to get against impact to start with. So we've positioned the legs in the proper position. And now all we have to do is rotate the upper part of the body and we're going we're gonna to coil the body without moving that center, and that's our head. We're going to stay, our face will be right down on the golf ball, okay? So the right shoulder and the right hip are going to turn behind us, and that's going to pull the arm around the body with the rotation. The and left that, arm now, gonna, I'm going to stop you for a second here, because yeah, as sure. you're describing this, um, not only am I 
trying to do this. Uh, I'm standing up. I got a club in my hand. I'm doing this. Good. I'm, sure, Good. I'm sure there are people who um, listeners right now who are on a commute train standing there doing this with me. <laughs> so so let me just let me just kind of visualize this. So when I'm bringing my hands back, I'm not bringing my hands up. I'm bringing my hands more. You're back. not. You're not. And you're, well, yeah, but you're not bringing your hands back. Your arms are connected to your body, and you're turning your you're turning your upper torso, and your arms are being moved to a position behind you. They're, the the arms are in front of you, okay, and mm-hmm. they're going to stay in front of you in the address position. But as your body as, as your body is rotating, it's it's turning it's turning around. The right shoulder is now being displaced behind the spine. And the right hip is being displaced behind the spine. So your right side is turning. There's no, there's no lateral move back. There's no, there's no sway back to low di- power. You're coiling. Imagine a wall against your right shoulder, okay? You're going to turn inside that wall with your right side. And that movement will take the club back into a, a, a position. And everybody's different because we're, we are all built differently. Some people uh, have a lot of flexibility. Some don't. Some are short-waisted. Some are long-legged. So you, there's no position you can say you have to take the club here. Uh, so by connecting the arms slightly on top of the body at a dress, we, from a single axis, which is the left leg, and we, we, we stay against that brace, almost the feeling of there's an imaginary wall on your left side. Okay. So now from that position, you're going to coil the upper body, staying centered. Okay. So when we coil, we're not going to tilt our head to the right. We're going to stay right on that ball. So the right shoulder, right hip go behind us, and the club, the, the arms will follow. The left arm is going to go across the chest. Now this is a big. This is the big key. It's going to go across the chest, and the left arm should sit fairly high on the left pectoral muscle. Okay. Years ago, there was a great player by the name of Dick Mayer. He won the U.S. Open, the World Open. Uh, had a little problems with alcohol in his later years, and I met him. And he used to watch me hit balls, and he used to say. Son, you've got to keep your left arm on your tit. And he meant the nipple, okay? And he, and, and he wrote a book subsequent to that that Gerald Ford was in the Gerald Ford Library. He gave me the book. And in that book it says that everybody has an area in the body that defines where the left arm should be. And that sh- the left arm should be right above that nipple of the, on the man on the left pectoral muscle, okay? Um, and he would watch me hit balls and say, you've got to keep your arm up on your tit. And I used to think, this guy was whacked out because I had no idea what he was talking about mm-hmm. until I learned that that position is paramount to hitting the ball solid and straight time after time after time. Because when the left arm stays high on the chest, the only way it can move because it's connected to the body is the rotation of the body opening up through the target. Kind of like if you've ever seen Annika Sorensen play, mm-hmm. Annika was a very... Uh, it was a real rotator of the golf swing. And it looked like her body was facing the target at impact. And that's exactly what it was. So if your feet, people out in the audience would stand up, if they can do this, and put their arm right across their body and then take their right arm and hold their left arm high against the chest. Okay. And then just turn the body and see how the, the, the arm moves with it. It's not coming off the chest. It's still pressed against it. Right. But if you keep turning left, the club will square itself. Now, you you talk about seniors being able to do this. What kind of, I mean, to me, the way you're describing this in this rotation, it seems like a lot of flexibility is required. I mean, you have to. Oh, no, not at all. Believe me, I'm about as flexible as a, as a solid pretzel. I, I can't, I can't touch (laughs) my toes. 
Okay, I'm lucky if I can get past my knees when I bend over. Oh, but really? I can do this. Re- oh, yeah, I can do this. Re- I am. Hey, I'm 74 years old. Well, you know, uh, atrophy is snuck in there somewhere. Yeah. And I try to stay as limber as I can. But really, I'm not. I'm not going to yoga. I'm not doing stretching. But what I found is that all I all if you put your arms across your chest like you see guys crisscross their arms and you get in a, sw- a swinging position, you set yourself up against the left side brace and just turn the top part. You're going to turn it enough to where your back is to the target. You, you, even less than that is, is fine, okay? But if you're, if you're turning your right side behind you, that's the, this is the ticket. If you try to turn your left shoulder over to your chin, it's harder to do. If you take your right side and pull it back behind you towards the target, that's the key word, towards the target, because at the top of your swing, your weight is now 70-30. You're braced against that wall. And okay? 70 you're being on your... Left side. The 70 being on the left side. Left side. You started 60-40 because you're displacing your weight behind you, and it's, it's going behind you towards the target. You have now braced up 70-30. The left knee has not pulled back from the ball or pulled back to go towards the ball or behind it. The left knee is pointed straight to the toe of the left foot. Okay. In, your, rota- position- in your rotation, your, your knee is pointed to your foot? You're not bending sure. your when, knee on that rotation. Well, you're, you're both your both knees are bent, okay? Okay. Because I'm, I'm trying to talk you through this, okay? Right, right, so now, right. as I as I turn my right pocket and my right shoulder behind me, okay, towards my left heel, towards my left heel. As I do that, my left knee points towards my toe. Towards the, the toe on your left left foot, left foot. Okay. The right leg will elongate. It'll get. It won't lock, but it'll get. It'll get steeper. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you're you now you're braced on your axis that you're going to swing around. Okay, so you're there. Okay, now all we're all we're doing is we've coiled the top part of the body. Our legs are in position. So now all there is left by staying connected high on the pectoral muscle. Okay, mm-hmm. we just unwind our chest through the target around the left leg, and we finish with the chest pointing left of the target and the right shoulder pointing at the target. And trust me when I tell you I have a I've got an 86-year-old man that when he first came to me and he took the club back, he looked like a tree falling to the right. He had no conception of turn. I've got him on his left side now, and he's hitting the ball farther now than he did when he was in his 50s Mm. because he's hitting it with his whole body. He's not working down under so that his arms have to flip over so that the arms leave the body. He's hitting it with his chest, his core, his hips, and the last thing through is the club head. So as his body unwinds, the club head hits the ball. Now, if you're on the right side and you try to do this, you're going to, you're going to spin out open. You're going to spin open. But you can't get open enough when you're on your left side as you, uh, as you start unwinding. You can open up as early as you want, and you're just going to hit the ball harder. Okay. Now, now the key here, the key as we do this, is that the left arm must stay on the chest as you open. Okay. So you're going to be turning level. You are not going to work, be working down. You're going to stay level like Hogan did in his later years. And you're going to smash the ball. And the, the byproduct of this is that whether you pull it or push it, and we will do that for our life. No one's going to hit a dead straight at the pin every time. They're going to push it a little right, but there'll be no side spin on the ball because the club, the club head is held square throughout the hitting area. There's no rotation to square it. It's square from the beginning to the end, okay? So you'll pull it or push it dead straight. So your, your shot dispersion is going to get real narrow, 
Mm. Real narrows. That's so you're going to start hitting. Yeah, you're going to hit a lot of greens and a lot of fairways, and you're going to hit the ball much more solid, which will make your average hit further. See, when you when we move off the golf ball, and it's a trend in teaching. At one time, the Nicholas's, the Palmers, they stayed right on the ball. Their head did not move. It didn't move because they didn't make that little lateral move on the backswing. And then all of a sudden, instructors start saying it's okay to move your head. And I'm here to tell you that's a bunch of BS. It isn't okay to move your head because you got to move it back to the place you started because that's your center before you hit the golf ball. And, you know, unless you're Nuriev or somebody like that, how do you do that, especially when you get past 50? So that's why so many people, you know, we have a driving range here at the college, and you see people, and they're just locked back on that right foot. The ball goes right, and their instructor says, well, shift your weight. Well, that's, that's the problem. They did shift their weight. They put too much weight on their right foot. They shifted so, the weight too early. Yeah, you, 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 once you get back on that right side, unless you unless you have an athletic body, and even the athletic guys that are arm swingers, every now and then they're all, all over the place. I mean, you look at Dustin Johnson, a tremendous athlete, tremendous strength. He can hit the ball two miles, but every now and then he can hit it so far off the fairway. Mickelson, another arm swinger on the downswing, but you can see it when the when the arms come down. The body can't the body can't rotate and the arms come down at the same time. One, so the, if the body does if the arms come down, the body's going to follow the arms. When the when the when you're a rotator, the arms always follow the body, and 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 because you're not turning the club over, the club head isn't going to be open a long time, closed a long time, and square for just a moment. So now you're you're eliminating one of the things that happens to all of us. As soon as you get anxious, as soon as it means something. You know, our, our eye-hand coordination runs down our leg. I mean, that, that, I don't care who it is. Uh, you saw Dustin Johnson in that one tournament where he stood in a bunker. Well, he didn't have to be in that bunker if he could have just hit the ball in the fairway. But because he's a, he has to square that club with his arms, as soon as it gets really important, you're going you're you're to hang on or you're going to release it too early. See? And that's what Hogan, that's what he really figured out. And in his later years, he made statements. I square the golf club with my body. Okay. Well, that's how, but he didn't tell you how to do it. That's what the single pivot school and concept is about. It tells you how to do it. And I want to tell you, uh, and I don't mean to brag, but I am going to brag. Um, since I've been <laughs> Please teaching be my this, guest. <laughs> since I've been teaching this, I have had nothing but repeat business and nothing but referral business, and people tell, sending me emails and telling me, I never hit the ball like this, I haven't hit it like this since I was a kid, blah, 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 blah. And, and it works. I've got Al Geiberger, who's a pretty good golfer in his day, doing this. Okay, Al Geiberger was vo- voted as having the top, one of the top swings and the top five best swings, and he is now a single pivot player. Okay, uh, I have a terrific teacher from Canada that was reluctant to this at first, although he tried to stay centered to the ball. But once he got all the pieces together, his following now is expanded tremendously because you get instant results. I know one of the guys that heard your podcast came down to see me. Really? uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had two. Actually, I had two uh, lessons. And this one young man, he said, (laughs) Well, that's great to hear. Thank you. Yeah. And what do you shoot? He says, well, I'm, I'm about a 20 handicap. So I, I said, well, hit, hit a few balls for me, and immediately I saw he had his hands out of position, and he was just swaying back on the golf ball and with no power. And then here he's in his probably early 30s and well-built guy, and here I'm this uh, 
over the hill pro and I get up there with a nine iron. I'm hitting it past where he's hitting a seven iron. I mean, way past. And he's, where are you getting all that power? And I said, because you're hitting it with your flick of your wrist and I'm hitting it with my whole body. Mm-hmm. And I got him in position. And I'll tell you, after about the 15th golf ball, he was blasting it out there. He said, I've never hit a ball this far in my life. Oh, gives and me I the said, chills. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, awesome. I, it, 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 believe me, when I tell you, it gives me the chills because <laughs> uh, my passion is teaching and I'm, you know, we all want to make money, but I promise you, um, uh, and this is this is like an elixir for me because I finally found something that really works for I don't care what level player and I've got some I've got some kids I've got a 12 year old that I'm gonna give a playing lesson to she's had six lessons and she hits it so far and so straight it's just ridiculous mm. but she's she's blessed but she's also she's also lucky that she got a fellow like me that didn't teach her shift to the right shift to the left because she'd be chasing that monkey for a long long time mm. well I'll and, tell you the um, my passion is finding people like you to share this knowledge so I'm glad that we found each other now I received an email from a listener in Joplin Missouri and he had, he had a number of questions he he, he says that I just finished it and I had a lot of questions. Instead of writing to you, he thought he'd write to me so that maybe I can ask you again. Uh, and sure. you mentioned a couple times about Hogan's later, year, later years. He was just curious, is that the, uh, is those later years, is that after he wrote uh, the five lessons? Oh, yeah, way after. Way after. Okay. So yeah, he says that uh, he's intrigued by what you're describing and he's read Hogan's five lessons um, and it really didn't help him as much as it would, he would like. Uh, he wants to well, know. Well, if you listen, if if you read Hogan's, there's a lot of really great stuff in Hogan's. But what he says in there, and you know, I I, I mean, they asked him near his death because he went to Golf uh, Golf Digest in the '90s to re- release a secret, but he wanted a six-figure figure, uh, payment, and they refused. And so he, I think he took it to the grave with him. But they asked him in his later years, well, what was your secret? What really was it? Because there's been a lot of speculation. And he said, they're going to have to dig it out of the dirt like I did. And I just love him for that uh, because he had no grooves. He had no real video, nothing to work with. He had to get out there and just beat balls. But he got an idea in a dream state, and I know what that I, – I really believe I know what that idea was. And it wasn't weakening his grip and all that uh, pronation and supination stuff. I mean, he, he may have done that. But I've got film, and you can look at him at the top of his swing, and his weight is on top of his left side. His right leg is so steep and so braced, and you can see he's right there ready to rotate. So he eliminated that transitional move that I don't care who you are, whether you're a tour player or a a high handicap player, it's difficult. You've got to move laterally onto the left foot and then rotate, and you have to time that rotation in a split second when that club is really, really moving. And for some of these young guys that hit hit three or four fairways and then blowing out of bounds – right or left, and never knowing what, uh, they know what I'm talking about. Because I was one of those guys. When I was a young man, I was a very good player. But every time I got into a tour event, um, uh, one hole or, or two holes, I'd hit the ball left and it'd be out of bounds or into, into some real trouble where I ran my score up. And I always thought, well, I just don't have it. And I just, I, I just want to pass this information on to people. For those young people that are out there that really want to play this game, You've got to be connected and rotate that body so that you can control that club head. You have to know where that club head is through impact. If you're just guessing and hoping, you've got a long road and a rough road to go through. Well, you had mentioned the word coordinate, and I'm wondering what what kind of, 
I guess coordination is the word that I, I'm looking for. Does it ha- does it take a lot of good hand-eye coordination? Does it no, take a that, lot of work to get that coordination together to hit it, to get it at that right spot? If you're going to hit the ball with your hands and arms, if you're going to rotate your arms to hit the golf ball, you better have really good coordination, and then you better practice every single day for a long time mm-hmm. because you can lose it immediately, sure. and you're going to lose it when you get anxious anyway. Okay? Right, right. But if you're if you're squaring the club in with the rotation of your big muscles. Your, your, your big muscles, your shoulders and chest, really can't rotate on a li- lot of different planes. Your hands and wrists are much more pliable. They can, they can flip over and flop and hang on and so forth. The body really can't do those things. And the body of the nerve endings are right at the edge of the body. So when you're nervous, the, the last thing you want to try to do is to do something with your fingertips or your hands. It, 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 it's just not doable. You know, when Your hands shake when you get nervous, but your chest doesn't shake. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you can take that club and trap it across your chest, and then the only way that that arm can move is for your chest to rotate, that club head is going to be in the same position time in and time again. I mean, I, I'm writing a book. I'm going to China. I'm, I run a golf management program. I'm the coach of the men's golf team. I don't have any time to go out there and hit balls, okay? But when I go out to hit golf balls and to demonstrate this, there is no question in my mind that I can take a driver out, seven iron, a wedge. I don't care what it is. I'm going to hit it one way. I'm going to hit it straight. Now, I may toe it a little bit. I may heel it a little bit, but the ball is going to hold its line because my club head is not turning over. It's not tumbling. It's so does that mean there's square. just not a lot of spin on the ball when you hit it? No, I don't have any side spin at all. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's what I'm telling you. I don't have any side spin on my golf Oof. ball. My Oof. ball doesn't draw. My ball doesn't fade. My ball goes right or left a little bit, but never to the point where it would ever be uh, in, in the rough Okay. Right. right. Uh, and I and, and unfortunately for me, I I learned this to to at to an advanced age. I don't have I don't have the desire to compete, but I really have the desire to pass this on. Sure. Now I can tell you as a golf coach, a lot of the young men that come to me, they have they have they're pretty good players. I mean, plus ones and scratch and so forth. And when they hear this, and they they don't hear it from a lot of people because this is kind of this is not new. But it hasn't been talked about. Let's put it that way. They're always very suspect. And as I tell them, look, I am not going to try to change the way you think or to play. I'm going to just show you the way I play and think. And then you make your own mind up on what you want to do because I, I don't want to disrupt anybody in their, in their game. And obviously there's a lot of ways to play this game. But I think I've found a way that really makes it easy for the advanced player as well as a high handicapper. I think they both profit from this. Hmm. I mean, I, 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 am, would, I would get on the golf team. I would talk to whoever on the tour and not be a little bit nervous about, what, about telling them this because if they're an arm swinger, I can improve them. It, it's, just, it's just that simple. Wow. Now, you, you mentioned that, um, well, one of the things that it says in the Hogan's book is that uh, the beginning of the downswing transfers the weight from the right foot to the left foot. Well, Hogan said the first move of the downswing is, is to clear your left side. Okay, if your weight's on your right foot and you rotate your left side, you're on your right foot when you're hitting the golf ball. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of people, when they took his words verbatim, they couldn't hit the golf ball because, because he left out the, par- the part. I, in the letter I have by Ben Hogan to a friend about how to hit the driver, he states emphatically, I, at the top of my swing, my weight's on the instep of my left foot, not my right foot, my left foot. And when the first time I read that, I just blinked and said, well, 
Ben must have had a cocktail that day, and <laughs> and you know, or maybe a little dyslexia kicked in, but he meant right foot. And then as I continued my research and looked at a film of him and then saw quotes where he told Mike Austin, who was a pro from Los Angeles, um, from now on I'm going to play off the left side. Uh, and then one time with a conversation with Lee Trevino, Lee said, I've seen a lot of great players play off the left side. I've never seen anybody great that stayed for any length of time on the right side. But I didn't understand what he was talking about. And like most people, I was, I was too embarrassed to say, I don't know what you mean by that. So through this period of time, this learning experience, and then also there was a lot of self-doubt. Who am I? Who am I to say uh, some of these guys are wrong? Um, but then when J Jack Nicholas made a quote in Golf Digest after the stack and tilt, people pointed out to him that he was staying on his left side. Jack made the statement, and it was a very you know brash statement. He said, anyone that teaches you to shift your weight on your right foot on the backswing doesn't know how to teach. Well, that <laughs> better than a lot of these guys' uh, hair stood straight up, okay? And I know when I first wrote... Uh, you know, when I was writing my book, some excerpts of it went in the local uh, pay, uh, sports book here, a little golf book. A, a couple of pros wrote scathing reviews of what I said. They're, you're insane. Uh, you're, you're a fraud. Blah blah blah. Um, you know, and the south side of Chicago and me wanted to go over there and and punch somebody <laughs> in the nose. But uh, you know, I, at my age, I better watch that stuff. So I just wrote back. back <laughs> yeah, I just wrote that, and I just said. Well, you, you have your, you know, you have the right. I don't think you should slander me, but you have the right to not agree. But, but uh, Al Geiberger and, and Jack Nicholas agree with me, and that's pretty. That's good enough for me. You know? Yeah. But see, there was, there really was a lot of self doubt. And I must say to you that, you know, I, I've been a hand player all my life. I was, I had no formal training. I was a kid and I caddied like most of us did from my era, and that's how we learned to play golf. We got to play on Mondays at Caddy's Day and. We had hand-me-down clubs, but we, we prevailed. And because I could play baseball pretty good, and I was kind of blessed with eye-hand coordination, I got to the point where I could play in a tour event. I got that, I, I, not to stay out there, but I, I was good enough to qualify. Let's put it that way. Mm. But I, I, the game was always elusive for me, and I just said, I just came to the conclusion, well, I'm just not good enough. I've put my time in, but I'm just not good enough. And I just didn't understand connection and rotation. And then a lot of people think that Jimmy Ballard was the one that was the first one to say that, but that's really not true. I've, I've got books that were written in the 20s and 30s that talked about connection and rotation. And there was an argument at the time, uh, do you face the ball when you're hitting it, or are you facing the target when you hit it? Because when you're facing the ball, your arms have to cross over in front of you. When, you, when your body's facing the target, then your, your arms are being pulled by the body. So that, this, this, this argument has gone, gone on for a while. Okay, and and Hogan, uh, you know, he was a very bright man. He had a, like a 175 IQ, so he was close to genius. Uh, he he figured it out. He he got a thought and figured it out and worked on it. And and I don't think he ever really divulged his his uh, his uh, secret. But you can see it in his later film. You can see it so clearly. You can see his rear end is totally on his left leg, as was Nicholas even though Nicholas hoisted the club upright and Hogan took it around him, they were still against that brace. And I think that that is, you know, playing off of one axis is it really eliminates a lot of the error made on the transitional move. And then the coup de grace on that is if you can keep your left arm connected high in the chest so that the, the movement of the body rotation brings the arm into impact, 
then you got the best of everything. And, and that's what we teach. Uh, I mean, there's some finite things, like when you set up to the ball, your right hip has to be on the inside of your right foot at address. And then when you go 60-40, you find that the left hip has to be in line with the outside of the left foot. So the legs are going to be reactionary to the swing. You're not going to have to drive the legs. Uh, you're not going to have to move the lower body and then the upper body and all that stuff. That's all very, very difficult. And really, when when we use the legs for for power, that that leverage comes from the ground up. It doesn't it doesn't come when we're when we're moving laterally. We're actually not totally on the ground. So the more you're grounded, the more power you can get from your legs. But your legs have to be in a certain position so that you can so that they can stay grounded as you rotate the top part, and then they just react. Uh, unfortunately you can't see what i'm saying but hopefully your listeners are getting a flavor for this and and, you're being very descriptive it's good i mean if if you you know don't not while you're driving of course but if you can close your eyes and listen you can visualize a lot of what you're saying yeah because this is this is really important and i mean it, it it's really important if you're if you're if you love the game like i do and you want to improve and the beautiful part about this whole concept is you can do it from your chip shot to your drive. It's the same exact concept. You, you're, you are connected at the left arm and you rotate your body through the target and it pulls a club through. The club can't turn over and you're going to hit really wonderful shots. And, and we're not trying to stay behind the ball. We're trying to move through the golf ball. Again, that's another concept. See, when you drop your right shoulder down, your head goes backwards. It goes away from the target. Your body arches and your hands turn over and you hit the golf ball. But the, the, the true rotational person doesn't drop down and hit the ball. His right side stays level. And he, and he just slams his right side through that golf ball. He hits it. He hits it hits through the golf ball. His right side goes past the ball. If you're using the, the golf ball, and, and this is what I tell all my students, use the, the, the golf ball as a line. It's, it's just a point of reference to align your club head at the target, but you've got to move past that line. You, you, your divot has to be on the other side of that line. It can't be behind that line. When you put your golf club behind the ball, if you brought the club right to that spot, each and every time you'd be hitting the ball fat because the club sets behind the golf ball. So we've got to catch that ball and then the divot forward of it, okay? So we've got to be moving through it. The more underneath you work for all the people that hit it thin and fat and thin and fat, you're behind the ball. So you have to be in position to hit the ball with power. And most people are behind the ball too far. So the only thing they can, they can fire is their hands. And they hit and fall back. They step back in the box like a lot of baseball players used to do. I mean, that, that move is prevalent in golf. There's PhDs with that movement, I can tell you that. <laughs> no, the, clearly there's not. I mean, this seems to be your uh, creation, your discovery. Not your creation. Obviously, you're, you're basing it on, on what you're watching from Hogan. But even if you uh, were, were to put in a search engine on the Internet, single pivot swing, it's going to pop back up with stack and tilt. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's not, and believe me when I tell you, the only similarity is that we we set up more weight left, but that's the only similarity. Stack and tilt is totally different than what I do, and God bless them. Yeah. That's that's their method. I don't I don't talk about their method because it's not, it's not my method and it's not what I believe. And I'm sure they're just as passionate about their method. Heck, they wrote a book and 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 they did a tape. But I can I can honestly tell you 
that when my article came, article came out in Golf Illustrated, I got a lot of uh, emails from people that bought their book and, and bought their tapes and said, I, I can't do this, it hurts my back, but when I tried your method, I could hit the ball. Now, does that mean I'm right? No, it just means that some people think that my method is easier. I do know one thing, Ben Hogan rotated through the golf ball, he didn't tilt, uh, his, his, he was stacked. He was what we call posted straight up and down when he hit a golf ball. He did not tilt back. Uh, his chest was left of the target and he was always in perfect balance. Uh, he didn't go down and search for that golf ball. He didn't need to do that. Uh, he, he could turn to the ball. He cleared his right side and his early swings. He was very long with the swing. Uh, and his swing looked the same, but it was, there was a big change in his golf swing, his knee position, was was more towards the ball as he turned. In his later years, his knee jetted straight out to the left foot, as did a gentleman by the name of James Barnes in the in the 20s with hickory hickory shafts. So again, that wasn't Hogan's invention. It was. Uh, he, I'm sure Ben found that if when his knee worked that way, he was more balanced and braced. Because that's the whole key here, is that you, your body has to be ready to make a really athletic move. And when it's drifting right and drifting left like a willow, there's nothing athletic about that. Mm-hmm. Some brands offer you low finance, or cashback, or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. One of the things that you haven't mentioned yet um, as a comparison or even its relevance are the... Other terms that we hear so frequently are the single pain, uh, single and two plane swing. Yeah, I, I, you know, and, and Jim Hardy uh, is is it Jim Hardy? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he he wrote the book the uh, on plane swing and the single plane swing, and right. and he's a very fine teacher, and he even shows that Hogan got a little bit on his left side when he does his demonstrations. Um, you know, I, I believe that the, the 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 body rotation puts the club in a position. Just like when you're going to throw a baseball, you kind of wind up, but there's no specific position that you put your arm in. Your arm goes to a place where your body feels strong so that you can make a a, a hard throw. And I think the golf swing uh, has to be that way. I think that when we set up properly, and and if we're not changing our spine angle, if we just rotate the body and keep the arms connected to the body, that they're going to find the position that you should be in. I I have never believed that you should try to get your wrist hinged at the top or flat at the top. I think that uh, I think that that hurts people primarily because they're thinking about their hands and their position, and you can't shut that off at the top. You're going to be thinking about your hands and trying to get that club flat at impact. And I've got scores of film of me hitting a golf ball where my left wrist is flat, and I can. I can tell you that I have never tried to get my left uh, left wrist flat. I believe lag and all of that are the, they're the consequence of, of doing something before that. So as I rotate and that club is being pulled, that club is going to be lagged, and my left wrist will have to be flat. When my body stops and the club goes forward, that's when my left wrist is going to hinge, and it's, and it's going to cup. That's when you hit the ball weak, but that's because the body stopped. Okay. 
but there's no way that you could bring your arms down and try to keep your, your left wrist flat. I mean, that's insanity. I see people hurt themselves doing that, and they hit everything weak right. And yet we, there are people that are teaching that today. And, and you know, uh, that's one of the things that I've always said. I'm a PGA member since 1965, and not one person from the PGA has ever come over and said, okay, let me see what you're doing to make sure you're not making people crazy here. And I think that a lot there's our, our teachers that are teaching out of a book and they're, they're just not cognizant of why things happen. There's cause and effect, and the left wrist being flat at impact is an effect of something else. It is not because you purposely try to keep your left wrist flat. I mean, that's just that's ludicrous. You're moving too fast. There's too much weight forward, especially when you have a driver in your hand, even though it may be 15 ounces or so. The weight of that club head is, is enormous as it's moving through time, and if, you're, if, you're, if your body stops, that weight is going to, uh, is going to flip your hands. You, I don't care how strong you are. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to cup. And that's why a lot of people, when they go to hit the ball hard, they hit that sky shot that goes straight up in the air, and they get that mark on the t- top of their club. Yep. I know there's a lot of people out there now nodding their I'm, head. I'm raising my hand. I'm one of those people. Yeah. Okay. But that's because you you pull the club down steep. The club head turns over, and you make contact with the top of the club, not right. the face, the top. Okay. Well, that's because the body's still and the arms are down. They're coming down, and, and, and nothing is releasing except the arms. Now, I can remember so many times when I, I, you know, I'm from another era. I played with persimmon woods, and I'd have these pure woods, and I'd, take, I'd try on a par five to kill the ball, and there would be a big white spot on, my, on the top of my club, and I just hated myself for that. Yep. And, but I never knew why I did it. I always thought I was going underneath the ball, but you, you can't go under the ball. Yeah, how many times do you see people go, I, you know, I need to tee it up higher? Or you know, yeah. change change their tee position after they do yeah. that. It's nothing 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 about that. So, all of those things, uh, the golf god was whispering in my ear. Hey, you see what you just did? Do you know why? And finally, my inquisitive nature, uh, and 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 I was driven by the passion, not to play any better anymore, but to be able to teach people. And also when I want to demonstrate, I don't have to think, God, I hope I don't shank this one or something like that. I mean, I don't have those thoughts anymore, especially when my kids are all, like I say, really solid players. I've got a 15-year-old that's blasting it in the 60s all the time, and he hits it about 320 off the tee, and he's 15 years old. I want to slap him. But when I'm trying to tell him to do this a little bit more, I've got to get up there and be able to pr- produce. I've got to get up there and say, okay, well, watch this. I'm going to hit this fire, and it's going to be dead straight. I'm going to hit it at that yellow flag, and I'm going to make it fall right just a little bit. And I can do that. I have, no, I have no fear about doing that in front of anybody because I know there's a mathematical thing going on. If my left arm is trapped against my chest and I rotate my chest, my club's coming into that ball square. So if I align myself properly... And, and those conditions stay in place, I'm going to hit that ball. Now, have I ever hit it when I was trying to do this? Have I ever pulled one or pushed one? Absolutely. But I knew exactly what happened. And I'll say, my arms went first that time, and I reconnect, bam, I hit it perfect. So there is no doubt in my mind that this works. There is no doubt in my mind that anybody can do this, male, female, young, or old. And I think, I think, that it's, I think it's what the master figured out. And I've just kind of add little signature things in there uh, that that I think are very real, uh, you know that, that relate to what he was trying to do and make it easier. Again, the setup you have to be set up against the wall, against the brace, and you can't 
you can't let your lower body go underneath your top top of you so that it slides under because it's got to slide back the other way. And then you're just you're you know you're in Chinatown. I mean, it's 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 over. Sell the clubs, buy a dog. <laughs> go for a walk. <laughs> if you're going to go for a walk, don't hit anything. So yeah. so um, <laughs> well, um you, you mentioned how you know when you talked about popping the ball up off the tee, and then everyone always has advice about where your tee placement was. The other thing that I, I frequently see um, from, from armchair golf instructors uh, are the people who say, oh, you lifted your head. Oh, you lifted your head. Oh, you lifted your head. And that's, they, a, that's just it's insanity. You know, I, tell, I show people, you know, I have a, a number of, because in the golf management program, there's a lot of boys that came in to learn the business, but they're not really skilled in golf. They're double-digit handicaps, and I get them out there, and I, you know, I try to feed them a little bit of this and, and try to help them, and they top the ball on occasion, and I say to them, do you know why you top that golf ball? I say, well, I looked up. And I said, are you sure? Are you sure you looked up? And they said, yeah, yeah, I looked up. And I said, well, let me show you something. You watch my head. I'm going to hold my head dead still, and you're going to see my eyes are going to be on that golf ball. And I'm going to hit the very top of that golf ball. Now, you know I don't have timing enough to swing this club 70 miles an hour with an iron and hit the very top of that skin, but I'm going to do that. And I'll top that ball. I'll I'll make a really hard swing, and then the ball will go four or five feet. And they'll say, how would you do that? I said, real easy. I anticipated impact. So what happens when you anticipate impact? You, you, you clinch. So when you tighten your hands, you, your, your arms get shorter. They pull in towards you, and that's why you top the golf ball. So for people out there that are top it a lot, especially with that fairway wood, it's because they're hitting to the golf ball. So there's only one cure for this. You've got to be brave, number one. You've got to set up to that golf ball so that you don't get way behind it and then you're trying to catch up. You've got to focus on where you're going to go with your body and the club head and not the golf ball. So when you get it to the, the coil, let's just say that's phase one of a two-part swing, then you've got to unwind to the second part and, and hold that position. Look, you know, look pretty. Look like you've, someone's taking a picture of your follow-through. And if you get your mind off of impact, then you'll quit trying to hit. And when you hit, you won't have that response. So for, the, for everyone that's topping the ball, I can promise you, you're tightening up, not looking up. Mm. That okay? is... Phenomenal observation. I mean, we, I even had a, a, a listener write me and said once that his dad always used to say to him, if you lift your head, the only thing you're going to see is a bad golf shot. But again, yeah, it's well, all about the lifting. Up, it, lifting. You know, uh, and and I, to I, me, when I, I watch, like when I watch Annika, it always looks like she's lifting her head before she hits the ball. Well, she looks like she's looking at the target because yeah. she rotated her body, and her, because her head and eyes move towards, were moving following the ball. That's another thing. You don't stay down when you hit a golf ball. You let your eyes release. You have to because if your head stays looking to the right and you're trying to turn left, your head is going to block your rotation. So you've got to release your eyes. Uh, I mean that that's been said forever. Uh, there's a lot of great players, but Annika, David Duvall at one time. And, and it's a shame that he moved away from his original swing. Uh, but he was, that left arm was so across the chest, he had that club face shut at the top. But it didn't really matter because he just rotated through the golf ball, and his eyes were really down the target line when he was hitting the golf ball. He was looking where he wanted the ball to go. And Annika did the same thing because, particularly <clears throat> if you're seeing in your spine angle, you, you don't want to focus on the golf ball anyway. I mean, they're all saying, a good player sense where the ball is, and bad players stare at it. And, 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 there's, 
and and there's a lot to be said about that uh, yeah. because if you get stuck looking at that golf ball or looking at a dimple on that ball and all that baloney that we've been told to do, you're going to stay on that ball and you're going to shut down your swing because the ball is not the golf swing. The ball is the center of the swing. You, you, you're going to decelerate like crazy if you're focusing on the back of the ball or anything. And you're going to use your hands. Your body's going to stay behind the ball. I mean, you're going to be, you're going to be just still when you're hitting it instead of active. And that's why so many people hit so short. Uh, I mean, I had a guy recently come up to me. I'm about six foot three, and he says, "Well, I'm, you know, I'm fairly new at the game. I've been playing about a year." I said, "Okay, well, tell me about you. So, how far do you hit a, how far do you hit a driver?" He says, "Oh, I hit it about 165, 170." Mm-hmm. And I said. You should be able to throw it that far, for God's sake, with your size. <laughs> and when I got through with him, you know, he was 230, 240, uh, because his size was there. The length, you know, he had a very long uh, arm and, lo- and then a club on top of it. So he had a huge lever, but he, he didn't know what to do with the lever. And, and, and so, so all of these things, you know, are, 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 they all relate. If your body's in the wrong position, I don't care how strong you are, you can't hit the golf ball very far. I used to give lessons to Gene Upshaw years and years ago when he was with the Oakland Raiders. Gene was a massive man. And I, was a, I weighed 150 pounds, and I just drilled it by him. I mean, 100 yards, okay? And he'd say, how can you hit it so far? My leg's bigger than you, and blah, blah, blah. But when he got, to, when he got right, when he figured out where to be, instinctively because he was an athlete you know he hit it two miles and and i didn't know all of this then but you get there every now and then do you understand what i mean every now and then you clock one you say what did i do there your body was in the place well now i know where that place is that's the thing i know what puts you and you're gonna you're gonna hit the ball farther you're gonna hit the ball straighter and it's it's and it's not hard i have people say well how many lessons do i have and i say one maybe two and then, you, then, then I can pass, I'm pass it on to you, and then you'll know every time you hit the golf ball, what that ball is doing will tell you what you did or did not do. Well, See, when I come a, down to Palm Springs, I'm going to spend some time with you. I, well, I promise you, it, it's not going to take a lot of time. And you don't have to be a great athlete. You don't have to be young and springy. You, you, can, you, know, you can be just a regular guy that doesn't have eight hours a day to practice, and I'll show, you, I'll show you how to hit the ball and hit it solid. And, I, I mean, that's a flat guarantee. I love it. I love that kind of flat guarantee. That is confidence, and that's what the game's about, is having that confidence. Well, you know, I've been at this a long time. I've, uh, you know, I've made my bones, as they say. I know how to teach golf. And, and I've been doing this since, well, you know, I've been a pro since 65, but it's really the last 15 years that I've learned how, how to swing the golf club. And I just wish I had done this a little earlier. And really, and, and where I really was sure it was right has probably been the last six or seven years. Hmm. And, and now, I, and now I, there's, a, there's a couple of guys on the tour I'm not going to mention, but I just wish I could have a conversation with them. <laughs> I don't want any money. I don't want anything. I, in fact, I would do it anonymously. But unfortunately, egos, um, they're not going to say, well, hey, there's a guy on a driving range that could really help you. you know, it's just yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. But so, you, just for the sake of the game, you know. Yeah. So when do you come back from China? Uh, I'm going to be there a week. Uh, hopefully, that's going to be all. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm enamored with it, but I have so much to do on this side of the pond um, that I've got to catch up. But I, I, I want to really try to... Um, to get some uh, golf academies there and teach people how to operate a facility 
because it doesn't make sense to me that they're going to build 10,000 golf courses in the next five or six years, and that's on the that's on the drawing board that they don't that their own people can't operate them. There's, well, it doesn't make sense to me that they have to get somebody from Australia or America or whatever to run their golf courses. They should build their own base of employees, you know, so it benefits them. Yeah. Just like we have, we have here, we don't have to call someone in Australia to run a golf course here, and that's what they need. So they need junior programs, and they need um, some management programs so they get an understanding. You know, this is not rocket science. The golf industry is a service-oriented business. You accommodate people. You anticipate what they're going to say before they do it, and you're ready to perform that accommodation. And that's it. Learning to fold a shirt or sell a set of clubs, come on, we can all do that. But the, the, the secret of this business is to make people feel welcome and not, uh, when they walk through the door, not look at them and say, well, that guy's not going to spend any money. You know, you don't qualify people in this business, nor sh- nor should you in life, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, but that's the secret of this business, and I, I've been lucky because that was taught to me as a young man, and uh, I've made a lot of money in the golf industry uh, in times when people didn't make money, and uh, and you know that's that it's it's what I pass on to my students so that they they can go out there and they can become successful. Well, if you received two phone calls from the last episode that we barely even scratched the surface on on the the single pivot swing, I'm hoping you're going to get a lot more uh, emails and phone calls. I will make sure to post uh, your your email address on our blog site. Uh, and you told me T Manzoni at correct. That's correct. And then uh, and, uh, let's let them contact you that way, um, unless you want to give the phone number that I contacted you at. That's this one. Uh, if, if they want, they can call me on my cellular phone. Okay. Uh, if they don't agree with me, please don't call me and call me a bunch of names. <laughs> uh, I, I get enough of that on call a daily me. basis. If you don't agree, call me. <laughs> Just get a hold of me, and we'll but, do that. Uh, my but, my cell phone. My cell phone is seven six zero five three four. And you have my email. And anyone that's yeah. interested in trying to find out more, uh, if they're a little bit confused, you know, and drop me a note or give me a call, and I'll be happy to help them in any way that I can. Well, like uh, I said, I'm going to try to come down to the Palm Springs area around the, the first part of 2011. And if I do and we get a chance to get together, um, I, I hope that you'll allow me to bring a video camera and, and maybe even put a little bit of video on here so we can get that on Golf Smarter TV, too, to show people. Because based on this information and, and the emails that I've received, they want more information. They, they are intrigued by what you're saying and want to know more. So we've got to get it out there. Well, that's great. Uh, and I, and I, appreciate, I really do appreciate the opportunity to um, tell you all this stuff because it's, 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 it's like a... You know, I feel like I have uh, lightning in a bottle right now, and it's trying mm-hmm. to get out, and I want to get it out, uh, and, and not so much to praise myself, uh, but to help people uh, with this game, because it's such a fantastic game, and, and to suffer with it, uh, like I know I did for many years, uh, is ridiculous. If you get the right amount of information, it isn't that complicated. It, 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 we're not building a rocket here, okay? We're swinging a club, and if we just play on an axis and rotate around that axis, it makes it so much easier. Yeah, that was clearly recorded a while ago, but that's part of why I love to do this podcast. Here's an episode recorded more than seven years ago, and I was reminded of some really important information to help my game. So as we close off 2017, I remind you that All episodes in our library are available for everyone for free. Now, 
between 2009 to earlier this past year, 2007, only our paid subscribers could access half of all our content. Now, you should be aware that at least 300 episodes can be heard from your favorite podcast provider. But if you want to go back even further to our launch on December 26, 2005, those are all available at our Blog Talk Radio website at smarter.golf or blogtalkradio.com slash golfsmarter. It's just easier to remember, smarter.golf. And that will get you there too. That's smarter.golf. This episode of Golf Smarter is brought to you by Flavier, who wants to help you discover and experience spirits in a new and fun way. Flavier has compiled an amazing collection of more than 15,000 spirits. And I was telling you last week that I received my welcome box from Flavier and I was going to crack it open for my son's birthday dinner. Well, in the welcome box, you receive three 50 milliliters, which is, I guess, about 1.7 ounces, three hand-selected samples in a great-looking package, and coaster cards that provide the maker's name, the sample name, and descriptive words and images for the variety of flavors you'll experience. What happened is that after dinner, we tasted and loved the Breckenridge bourbon so much that we were all completely satisfied. There were only four of us. But we were all completely satisfied with, the, with this discovery. Of course, the other two samples were happily enjoyed during our holiday parties. And you, have you checked out Flavier.com yet? If you appreciate fine spirits but don't have a resource to discover great new tastes, then you need to sign up for yourself and discover what Flavier has to offer. There's usually a waiting list to get into their club right into Flavier, but they like golfers because golfers enjoy the finer things in life, including the finest of fine spirits. But even though there's not many opportunities to join this awesome program, Flavier has given the Golf Smarter community an exclusive offer to join their nearly 1 million spirit enthusiasts. Go to Flavier.com slash exclusive. That's spelled F L A V. I-A-R, V as in Victor, I-A-R, Flavier.com slash exclusive. And make sure to use the coupon code GOLFSMARTER during checkout. Of course, if you didn't memorize that, it's in the show notes and it'll get you right there. Part of the reason I wanted to bring back a classic episode featuring Tony Manzoni is that next week we're starting year number 13 of Golf Smarter episodes. And with it, we'll be ending each new episode with our feature, the Golf Smarter Academy, presented by Health IQ. Phase one of our academy are your questions and Tony's answers. And if Tony answers your question on the show, you'll receive Tony's DVD, The Lost Fundamental, and a workout shirt from Health IQ. So if you have a question about your game that doesn't require a paid lesson, but you'd still like to get the advice from a legendary teaching professional, call our academy line at 415-761-1498. That's 415-761-1498. For more, check out our dedicated page at golfsmarter.com slash academy. And please connect with us at Golf Smarter on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram. And on Twitter or Facebook, join in the hashtag turn off your radio campaign. I don't know if it's a campaign or just some ideas to add and share your podcast recommendations like I've been doing. 
If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please click on the Hey Fred button at GolfSmarter.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.